Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. All right, show two of the morning. Going back to back today. Thought maybe I could punch them out one after the other. This is the weekly preview show for week 19. The recap show went 50 minutes, so I thought, all right, you know what? Instead of stretching that to an hour five, let's just open up a new one. Uh, this will give people an opportunity to just hit the things they want. If you guys wanted the weekly preview, you got that here. If you wanted the recap, you got that in the last one. You can kind of skip around a little bit easier. Hopefully, you guys appreciate this. It is a little bit of extra work on my end, but uh, I find that's okay. And honestly, I gave my voice a 10-minute break in between shows. A very long commercial. That's basically what that was. Welcome to this bonus half quarter, whatever you want to call it, edition of Fantasy NBA Today. I am still Dan Vaspris. Should you happen to be finding us for the first time through this program, it's at Dan Vaspris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. And this, of course, is a sports ethos presentation. You can see that logo plastered all over the video screen if you're following us using both the uh, audio and visual mediums. And if you're just watching or uh, listening on the audio side, sports ethos, E-T-H-O-S. That's the spelling on that bad boy. Baseball draft guide coming out as soon as later today. We'll have the first features in there. Again, you can get the MLB Fantasy Pass for 6 bucks a month. Joe Orico's top 250 will be the rank board in that draft guide. Should be amazing. We have Dynasty stuff forever in it. So if you're into the baseball Dynasty side, that's going to be a big, big part of the draft guide. We'll have projections, starting pitcher breakdowns, relief pitcher breakdowns, uh, all sorts of incredible stuff, strategic elements, drafts. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And if you have the all-sport fantasy pass, you get access to it already. As soon as those items drop, you can go and and check them out. But uh, here's the week ahead. It's week 19. I'm going to treat this as the last non-playoff week. There's, I mean, like we could potentially make every week a playoff discussion, but at some point you just kind of like have to pick a moment. Uh, And so next week, March the 4th, is when I'm going to be basically treating the uh our our sort of nightly breakdowns as uh playoff tilted and what what i mean by that is and i know this is taking up a minute or two at the beginning of the show and you guys just want me to get into this stuff but this is actually really important when we get into those playoff shows i will likely be splitting up my show into two halves daily sometimes the recap show if there's like three or four games a day the recap show might only be 20 minutes long and then the preview show might be the longer one So instead of doing one long one, we're going to break it up into chunks because I got a lot of feedback last year that people were like, Dan, we only play Roto. We don't want to hear about your long playoff streaming board. And then I had people that were like, your head-to-head stuff is amazing right now. I love the long streaming, but I don't want to have to sift through this ridiculous recap stretch. So we're going to bust it up. And that'll start next week. Although Monday next week is going to be weird. So we'll probably try to do the weekly preview show sort of in conjunction with the nightly streaming board. But that's going to be the way we treat things going forward, starting as early as next week. This week is going to be a little bit of a down week because um, I think buy lows probably don't make sense anymore. Most, team, most leagues are past their trade deadline at this point. Um, so I don't know if we're going to have that show mixed in there. We already did our silly season stash board. So there aren't that many sort of like one-offs that I'm going to throw out there, but I'll try to come up with something for you guys. But starting next week, there are going to be a lot of shows. I'm going to try to do one every day if I can, because every day there's something going on 
with your playoff head-to-head battle, and you just, like, I can't, like, if I do a show on a Friday, that may not apply to what you're working with on a Sunday. If you have any questions, by the way, on today's show, because we're running live, we're talking, you know, weekly preview, feel free to throw them in the chat room. I can probably get to them if they're about this topic, weekly preview stuff. So uh, the big thing, and um, you guys can see if you're watching, the graphic is small right now. The big thing going on this week is uh, how, to, how to handle the streaming stuff. Um, there are a lot of ways that we can approach it, and I'm going to go ahead and make that bigger so you guys can see. This is actually an item that's in our Fantasy Pass. This is the streaming board. I've added some, some color coordination on it. We're going to be going through this on today's show to see kind of how you break it all down. And the reason I like to do it this way, instead of just saying, oh, who has X number of games this week, which is, by the way, also relevant, but to me, that's just a starting point. So if somebody's offering you up, you know, a, a weekly games total board, that's a great place to begin, but it doesn't tell the whole story. So... Like, if you're looking at a games played board right now for the teams in the NBA, I believe uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of the 30 teams are four game weeks, and the other 18 are three game weeks. There are no fives, which are pretty rare this year, other than some rescheduling tucked a five in there, and, and I think Brooklyn has one coming up. And there are no twos this week, which is twos are are more common Almost every team has a two in their schedule. Some have a lot, like the Clippers have a lot of fours, but then they have some twos to balance it out. But the fact that there are no twos this week means that first thing that should pop into your head is, okay, well, there isn't like an obvious player on my team that I need to abandon ship on. Great. That's lovely. By the way, there are no twos next week either. Brooklyn has a five, if you're looking that far ahead. Okay, no twos this week. That takes one of the little you know, uh-ohs off the board. Because you don't have to look at your team and go, crap, I have a two, what am I going to do with this guy? It also means that most likely, you and your opponent are going to have a relatively similar number of games played this week. It's not going to be exact. Obviously, it's not going to be exact. But because it's all fours and fives, if you and your opponent just set your lineup for the whole week, I would bet, and I like to say this, I would bet my vast fortune that if you're in like a Yahoo Public Prize League, which is uh, 13 roster slots, that's pretty small rosters, but you're probably going to be within three games of your opponent. It also means that because 18 teams play three games and 12 play four, there actually just aren't that many games this week, for whatever reason. It's just a little bit of a lower tied week of basketball. I can't explain it. Some of it is because teams played a bunch coming right out of the all-star break last week so this most recent week you had a bunch of threes and some twos jammed into four days of basketball and so then the team sort of resultant you get a little bit of a semi-breather and some of it is just luck of the draw so what all of that means when you roll it together is one you don't really have a bunch of guys on your team that you have to like avoid You don't have those radioactive two-game guys that are sitting like between 75 and 125 who are like, I can probably find a four-gamer at 140 who's going to do better. Great. That makes it simple. But on the flip side of that is, 
because it's not that many games this week, it's not like there's, if it was like flipped and it was 18 teams had four and 12 had three, then it'd be a pretty busy week. But just that difference of like basically six ball games, effectively, uh, not that, I mean, it's a little bit more than that, I guess, because um, we have to slice it in half. So you can't just say uh, 12 times, what did I say, four, that'd be 48, but those teams play each other, right? You have to divide it in half at the end. So there just aren't that many games this week. Three times 18 uh, is 54, and uh, 12 times 4 is 48. So that gets you 102. So 51 games total this week, I think, if I'm doing the math right on that. Uh, That's just not that much. So what it means is then, if you can find a way to squeeze an extra game or two to really utilize your streaming board... That, to me, tell this says this is one of the most important weeks to stream. Because at the beginning of the week, you and your opponent likely have an almost same or very close to same number of games, whatever maximal streaming you can do actually is going to help a lot. You know, in a busy week, you might have, you know, again, let's say a 13 roster, you might have like 45 games you can wiggle out of it and you turn 45 into 48 or 49 that's good but if you can time 35 into 38 or 39 it's a much larger percentage gain over what you were going to have so streaming is very important this week there are other factors at play that it's hard to talk about all of these on one show but i'm going to do my best the other thing that you have to stick in the back of your mind is if your playoffs start next week and you're streaming this week you need to figure out okay am i safely in the playoffs because if I have, like, maybe I, if I have a shot at a t- top two seed, you want to be going for a bye. There's a lot of stuff you need to be considering. If you're going to go for a bye week, if you have to make sure you're in the playoffs, then you need to be streaming extra hard. If you feel like you're comfortably in the playoffs, but maybe can't go for a bye in the top two seeds, then you likely save all of your moves until the weekend to front load next week. I can't go over all of those strategies on one show right now. They will likely change over the course of this week, and you know what your situation is better than I do. Personally, I have a head-to-head team that's in first place. By the way, not punting turnovers turnovers on that team. Yeah, you can still do really well without doing it. Uh, I have a head-to-head team that's in uh, fifth place, so that one is hanging on by a thread. That was a team that lost the third and fourth round picks, and it's been kind of fighting, but... Uh, better. I got a couple of guys back there. So that one, I obviously need to be going buck wild all week long on moves. Maximum streaming. I think I have another one that's like right near the bubble on getting in. That one I just didn't draft all that well. One bad luck, just not a great team. Uh, So for those two, I got to stream like a son of a gun. And for the one that's in first place, I probably want to maybe stream just a tiny bit to lock in my first place. But not a lot. I want to make sure I'm saving moves to get ready for next week. But let's say that you are attacking this week and this week only. Let's say that you have a team like the one that I was describing that's, you know, fifth, sixth place, where you have like a three or four game gap. It's unlikely you're going to fall out of a playoff spot. But if you get smashed this week and the guy in seventh place has a great one, you flip and you're out. So then we look at what's going on this week. 
So look at the graphic if you can see it on your screen. If you're not, I would. this is the type of show I would recommend people try to watch if they can next time because looking at this streaming chart is actually really helpful and one of the great reasons you guys should get a Fantasy Pass next year if you didn't do it this season. One of many reasons. We have daily projections now, guys. We have daily projections. The other thing you'll notice as you look at the streaming board this week, and maybe you can do it just by looking at the way the games are listed on... Uh, how many games per day. So let's do that. Actually, let's do that thing. Four games tonight. That's a low tide. Uh, 11 games tomorrow. That's high tide on a Tuesday. Wednesday, only six. Thursday, only eight. Friday, only nine. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Saturday, five. And Sunday, eight again. This reminds me, it's almost like a bubble week where every day seemingly is like five, six, seven, eight, or nine. That was the best, by the way. The bubble was horrible, and everything about COVID year was horrible, but the fact that there were eight games and it was like two games every couple of hours, oh, that was great. You could just have the TV on all day watching basketball. Okay, so the games this week are happening in the evening because, you know, home court and ticket sales and all that good stuff. But I love it when it's spaced out like that. But the first thing you need to look at if you're streaming this week is, are you overloaded on Tuesday? Because that's going to change the way you approach the front end of your week. If you are in a Yahoo Public Prize League, where it's 13 roster slots and start 10, in all likelihood, your Tuesday will be right on the borderline of an overload. Because just think about it from like how many teams are playing and how many are not. 22 out of 30 teams are playing, which is... What's 22 out of 30? Uh, 22 times 3.3. Actually, you know what? We can just do this on a calculator. It's 73. 73% of the league. And you need 10 out of 13 to maximize your roster slot. That's 77. So on average, you would be just slightly under an overload day tomorrow, Tuesday. 11 games in a Yahoo is just slightly under. Now... If you're in your own league and, like, let's say you have 14 roster slots and you need to start 10, now you're actually likely to be slightly over an overload because 10 out of 14 is only 71% of your roster. And again, what did I say? 73% of the league is playing tomorrow. So league settings are going to matter. How many bench slots you have is going to matter. But if I assume that you're in a Yahoo league, start 10, three bench, so short bench, you probably will need one more guy to make sure that your Tuesday is full. So I'm going to assume that there are no overload days this week. But definitely check because you might have one. This is all average. It would be very easy for someone to have all freaking 13 of their guys going tomorrow if you just have dudes on the right or wrong team. So if you're overloaded tomorrow, you're likely in the minority. Uh, and so then you don't really have to worry about tomorrow. It does change approach a little bit. But let's start with the let's start with the odds that you don't. Because again, uh, the numbers suggest that more teams won't have an overload tomorrow than do. In that case, and you can see from the color coding on the screen, the Brooklyn Nets, the Detroit Pistons, the Miami Heat, the New York Knicks all have a back to back to start the week. Some of those teams 
have a slightly superior schedule beyond the back-to-back. For instance, uh, Miami goes four in six days. New York goes three in four days. Detroit doesn't. They're just straight back-to-back. And Brooklyn goes four and six. So if you wanted to go long stream, you have options on Brooklyn, Miami, and sort of New York. That's like a medium stream. That's a four-dayer. So then you go to your board, and this is easy. I'm not going to tell you the names here on the show because I don't know who's available in your league. But New York probably doesn't have many streamers just based on like who's rostered heavily. Their starters are the guys that are playable right now. Miami might, given there's some suspensions. So someone like a Caleb Martin today probably has a big role. Tomorrow back to kind of a smallish role. Uh, but getting that on the back-to-back would be interesting. And you could even hold him for six days this week because he's been, you know, like top 150 range, 150, 160 when the team's been healthy. And you get three games of that plus one game of top 100. That's actually a pretty good thing to squeeze out of uh, six days. And you could make a move on Sunday. But if you're also looking for uh, six days, you could go Memphis because they go today, Wednesday, and then Friday, Saturday. It's sort of backloaded in the better part of their schedule. Think about it. They're a hard team to handicap right now. Or Brooklyn, they've got these fringy dudes. If someone didn't pick up Dorian Finney-Smith, he'd be kind of interesting for this. Eh, Most of the other guys on that roster that have a chance to be interesting in six days are probably rostered already. But that's the way that you'd think about starting your week. And then Detroit, if you just want to go with the back-to-back, they probably have more options. Quentin Grimes, Simone Fontecchio, these are guys that are on waiver wires right now in a lot of leagues. Very useful on a back-to-back if Grimes plays the back-to-back, but not for a long-term thing. So those are the ways that you could start the week. I would suggest, whether or not you have an overload day tomorrow, consider making a move at the beginning of this week, because if you don't do it today, you're almost definitely not making a move tomorrow. Then you have all of your moves on Wednesday, and your opportunity to maximize games played shrinks with every passing day of the week. So yeah, there are some teams that go four and six starting tomorrow, but how much is that actually helping you? You might as well use the move today, even if you don't have an overload day tomorrow, because like, what's the point of waiting at that point? You're sitting on a guy who's not playing today to pick up somebody who is. Most of the teams that are playing today are teams that you want to just hold the guy the rest of the week. I think Sacramento, are they the only team that goes today that doesn't have a four-game week? Sacramento plays today, they've only got a three-game week. New York plays today, they got four. Toronto plays today, they have four. Miami, Minnesota, or sorry, Miami, Memphis, they play today, they've got four. Detroit's got four. Yes, there's a spaced out a little bit more. Brooklyn's got four. So if you have a guy that's playing today, he's probably a guy that you can just hold for a while. Like, unless he's horrible and you need to get off abandoned ship, this is likely a guy that, like, if they're going to play four games this week, you probably hold on to them. Because, again, it's a lower games total week. There isn't really a move you can make with that roster slot that's going to increase your games played by more than one. And even then, you're looking later on down the week. So what's the point? Sacramento, if you have, like, a Kevin Herter, they play today, you could make a move tomorrow. When Sacramento only has two games the rest of the week, you switch that into somebody who has four. So that's a way to add two games to your week. But that's the only way to do it after today. 
There are some other spots where you can add two games rest of week much later in the week. But again, in talking about like why would you save a roster move for tomorrow, there's no reason. If you're going to use it tomorrow, you might as well just use it today. Except for Sacramento. Because a lot of these teams just don't play today. So there's an, uh, an opportunity to take one of your guys that maybe only has three games the rest of the week, turn them into a four by making that move today. And you could also turn them into a four that maybe is open on Sunday if you wanted to make an additional move. As you look towards the rest of the week, I'm skipping over tomorrow because, again, presumably if you're using moves, you're using them today. You can start looking at Wednesday, but there aren't that many great options there. Denver and the Lakers have some kind of intrigue on Wednesday because they go back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday, and the Lakers have three games in four days over that stretch. Nuggets actually do as well. One of them is against each other. That's, uh, that's the Saturday game. So that's a situation where those two teams have three games left the rest of the week. But again, there's, like, there's nobody in the league that only has one from that day on. So even if you made a move on Wednesday to a back-to-back, you're not gaining two games the rest of the week. There aren't that many reasons in my mind to do it unless you only have like one roster slot you're streaming and so you went with a Detroit back-to-back and then you could go to a Lakers or Nuggets back-to-back and then you could go to a Thursday-Friday back-to-back if you wanted to. Are there any teams that have a Thursday-Friday back-to-back? Yeah, uh, Portland. That's it. So you're stuck with Portland. They play the Grizzlies on back-to-back days. And then you made another move on Sunday. So one move Monday, one move Wednesday, one move Friday, one move Sunday. Yes, you turn that roster slot from either a three- or a four-game week into a seven-game week. But the best you can possibly do with that is adding four games to your week. That's the best. And that's not horrible. And it's something that you should definitely do if you only have one streaming slot. But a lot of us, myself included... A lot of my teams have two streamable roster slots. So I'm not going to use four moves on one roster slot. I'm going to long stream two of them or medium stream two of them. For instance, the Knicks were a team I mentioned. They don't have many streaming options, but just hypothetically, they're a team you could pick up Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then pivot to another club that has two games between Friday and Sunday. So now you've used two roster moves, and hopefully you've been able to maximize your situation there. Uh, But that would ultimately be now a five-game week. Okay? But again, you know, I... The point I really want to sort of cycle back to here is using your moves kind of earlier this week makes sense. Because as the week drones on, the best you're going to do is add one game. The rest of week with a move. With the exception of, like we talked about, um, Sacramento after today. And Chicago doesn't play over the weekend. Milwaukee, New Orleans don't play over the weekend. And, uh, well, Sacramento, who we already talked about, and the Wizards don't play over the weekend. So your two choices this week, and this is probably the way I would stack it up, uh, Moves today, and probably moves Saturday. Phoenix has a back-to-back over the weekend. That's your only option there. So you can't, like, 
sit and wait and hope that you get a Suns streamer because if that team's fully healthy, they just won't even have a streamer. Like, you could take Royce O'Neal, who's probably on rosters after the big ball game he had yesterday. Might get dropped because the Suns don't play the first three days this week. Or an Eric Gordon if he's back. But if that team is fully healthy, those guys are getting probably mid-20s minutes off the bench, and I don't know how much they're doing with them. And I don't know if they're even going to be available in your league. You might want to try to get two Suns for their weekend back-to-back, but there might not be two Suns. You go in Bull Bull and, and Royce O'Neal? If you could get them, maybe. What are the odds that two of the three Suns fringe guys are available Saturday, Sunday? You're going to be fighting with everybody else in your league for those if that's the way you're playing this week. So those are your options, which is why, again, I recommend using some moves early. Save one or two in case of injury for later in the week, and then you can maybe, you know, use them late. You add one game to the ledger. That might just have to be the way that you accept it going. Uh, So make sure you're adding four minimum games played to your ledger with the streaming you're doing this week. And if you're looking towards next week, let's say your playoffs start, Brooklyn has a five-game week. So if you can get your hand on some nets this week, they go four in six days, you'd be best served just holding on to them. Because they've got the best schedule that anybody has in any week all season long next week. And they play Memphis in there. They play Philly without uh, Embiid. They play Charlotte and Detroit in there. Cleveland at the end of the week, that's the like really legitimately good defensive team. Charlotte's been playing better defensively, but some really good matchups for the Nets next week in a five-gamer. They are the only team that starts next week with a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back. So Brooklyn is the team you really want to be leaning in on. I would advise making moves to Brooklyn now because they've got a good week this week as well. I mean, you could pick up two fringe Nets today and just hold on to them for two whole weeks. And use whatever other use your other two roster moves towards the end of this week if you need to, or I mean, stream a different roster slot. I don't care. Get nuts, but go Brooklyn. That's your team with the best uh, schedule. And at the end of this week, maybe on Friday's show, or maybe we'll do two shows on Friday or something like that. We'll start profiling how you get ready for your playoffs starting next week. And I think that's basically what I wanted to talk about on today's show in terms of getting ready for Week 19. Two shows back-to-back. Let's see what we got over in the chat room here. And I'll leave this, uh, this window up here. I'm only answering questions about streaming. And so if you have questions that are not specifically about streaming, you can throw those in the comments after the show, and I will get to those at some point. Uh, I think we just got news on Chris Paul. Yes, he'll be back tomorrow. Well, that'll be interesting. Uh, Warriors have four games the rest of the week starting tomorrow. I don't know if he'll play in the back-to-back, but uh, it's a possibility because it was a hand thing. Um, So, you know, it's not like he needs to rest a knee or something like that. Uh, So Chris Paul, absolutely an add uh, if you can get him. I mean, I probably got dropped in some spots. This might ruin Brandon Pajemski. It might ruin Klay Thompson. It's hard to know. Uh, But Chris Paul, presumably, he can get up to full minutes pretty quickly as well. Uh, again, because the injury was not to a, uh, a lower body situation. So there's good news on that front. Good, uh, good stuff in the chat room there because that happened while we were on air. Um, what else we got? Uh, CP3 going to knock Draymond down to a drop? Possibly. Possibly. I'm locked in the first seed. This is Steve. I'm now 
out of streaming spots for the playoffs because I picked up so many rest of season guys. How do I decide who to drop between Keontae George, Trey, Mann, Paul Reed, Jordan Poole? Schedule. Go on schedule. That's it. Is Al, Al Horford worth holding through the fantasy playoffs? Uh, probably not, because he's going to sit back-to-backs. So depending on when your playoffs start, you can look to see when Boston has them. They don't this week or next week, but they do the week after that, the week after that. So the maximum you're going to get out of Horford is a three-game week, and then you're kind of just hoping other guys sit him out. Um, so I would say probably not. What do we got here? Oh, yeah, there's a Warriors back-to-back in there as well. Sorry, it was pointed out that uh, Milwaukee is not the only one there, um, so you do have a Thursday-Friday back-to-back. I just, I still think front-end and back-end of this week is the way to go. Or just go Brooklyn and never look back. Would you drop Max Struess for a Nets fringe player? If you're going into your playoffs next week, I probably would. Uh, Cleveland does have a four-gamer next week and a four-gamer this week. So this week, no. I think he'd be better than a fringe guy. Next week, maybe. I guess it kind of depends on who the fringe guy is on the Nets. So, uh, but probably. In, in a perfect world to this question, I'd rather drop someone who has three games this week and next week for a Brooklynite. So, you know, Boston, they go from, you go from six games to nine games over the next two weeks. Denver, if you have any fringy guys there. Pelicans are 3-3. Phoenix is 3-3. Spurs... Jazz or 3-3, pivoting off of one of those guys to a Nets player that has nine, that's a big jump. A three-game bounce over two weeks in one roster move, that's terrific. Any Brooklyn players worth streaming this week? Yeah, I mean, like almost everybody, because they start the week with a great schedule, uh, and then they flow into a better schedule next week. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it. Hit me up with questions over on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. That's where I can probably try to help you guys with some of this streaming stuff that's hard to convey without knowing sort of individual situations. I'll do my best. I'm going to try to host a uh, an AMA in our Sports Ethos Discord today, if I can find time this afternoon. That Discord link, it's free. It's in the show description. So check that out right now. Follow me over on social, at Dan Bespris. But again, the comments, Discord, if I'm doing an AMA, that's the best way to get a hold of me off the show. Uh, and I will talk to you guys in a little bit on all of that stuff. Thanks for joining us for two shows today. I'm going to stop talking for a bit. Cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.